Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at silverbirchranch.org on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I'm with one of the common voices you've heard here on Younger Older, Aiden, who was or still is a student at Nicolay Bible Institute for another week and a half. And then you're an alumni of a, of a prestigious organization. How about that? Ooh, there fancy. You there you go, an alumni. And uh, what's coming up for you in this fall? In the fall here again? I'm going to be the maintenance intern underneath. Which means what? What are you going to be doing? I'm going to be doing whatever an individual wants me to do around camp. He is in charge of, you know, making sure camp is kept upright and is working properly, and I'm going to go do whatever he wants me to do. Well, that could be a good year for you. You could learn all kinds of skills from plumbing to electrician kind of work to building to repairing a door that doesn't work and uh, those are great skills to take into life it's amazing you should keep a notebook or something of things that you actually should do in life because one day you're going to be older and you shouldn't be surprised by certain things for example a lot of guys they get older they get their own house or their own condo or whatever it might be and they don't realize that they really need to clean out the dryer vent they don't know that did you know that? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what dryer in, but I know. It's you know, you have a dryer in a house, a washer dryer. Yes. Oh, yes, I know how to clean that one. And, and then the dryer spits all the moist air out of this pipe to yes. the outside, and it also puts some lint in that pipe often. Yes. And that pipe could get stuffed up in time. It can start a fire. It can, and it could also just make it so that your clothes take 14 days to dry because the air isn't getting out of there and going up the pipe. So it's, it's funny how many people don't think of that. They put their clothes in a dryer, and, and they think, well, it should dry. Well, it needs to have a place for the air to go. And in time, it all corrodes. So, uh, you know, that's why I suggest a young guy like yourself, you're with a guy named Jim who's, who's brilliant at building. I would take a notebook somewhere or digital on your phone or whatever you do and write down things that you learn. Because later in life, whether you own a house or, like I said, a condo or whatever it might be, these skills will be important for you. And working with uh, Jim is invaluable in that sense. Um, I think more people your age need to be able to uh, do this, what we call intern thing. I would call it apprentice thing. Uh, but just be with somebody who's really good at what they do and just enjoy the process of learning what they know. That's what college actually used to be. Um, and so you're kind of going backwards in college and how you do it, and you, know, you don't even have to pay for that. You can get it for free as you work with somebody who knows what they're doing. So I encourage you to pay attention. And, of course, Jim on our staff, he's got a great attitude, and you can just really imitate a lot of what he does, and you'll be a, a fine young man um, as he points you to God. So your year is, is just about done. How's your summer been? It's been pretty good. Busy, but good. Okay. And uh, in the summer, you've been working on our maintenance crew? Yes. And you've been, uh, of course, we've had a few storms again, so you're, you're busy mo moving trees again? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know how to run a chainsaw yet? I know how to, but I, when I do get the chance, I'm being watched very closely. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, those, those chainsaws are very unforgiving. So if you slap yourself with one of those while it's going, that's not going to be a very good sight for anybody and very painful for yourself. Uh, so you really want to learn that skill well and wear the safety equipment and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. 
obviously, Nicolay Bible Institute's about learning who God is and learning how to interact with the world in which we live. Um, so I love asking, what's on your mind these days? What are you thinking? Today, I was wondering, what do we do when we hit the point where we can't help someone anymore? The other day, someone at camp was really struggling, and I noticed, and I w- was going out of my way to assist. I didn't know where my assistance was needed, but I I didn't like seeing their demeanor, and their demeanor was going on for a few days, and I didn't like seeing them like that. So I went out of my way to do what I could do, and I put a decent amount of hours into you know, trying to make their situation more bearable for them and just the load easier. But it literally got to a point where I had to say, Lord, help this person. Yeah. And I'm glad I was able to realize that because I wasn't chasing my own tail anymore, trying to figure out how to do it. But my mind, like I knew I hit that point where I had to give it to the Lord that I, I, whatever I can do, I can't do anymore. But I still felt felt like I had the energy or the go to do whatever. Like I, I felt like I still had that, you know, I still had the motivation or the energy required to, you know, help this person. And it was annoying for me to sit on this energy. Sure. Like I hit the point where I knew I needed to give to the Lord. Right. And I accepted it, but I couldn't accept me not using this, energy inside of me to do something. So I was literally just sitting on my hands for that bit. And I felt so annoyed because I and confused because if I gave it to the Lord, why do I still have this energy? You know, why do I still have this energy to do good when I know it's out of my hands where it's hit a point where I can't do it. And it was, it was annoying for me because. Well, you know what? I think first of all, you have a very big heart. It, it, that's one of your great gifts. You're very kind to people. You like helping them, and and you want to help them. I think not only do you legitimately want to help them, I think your personality is such where you also personally gain out of that. You, you feel good when you help somebody. Yeah. Okay, so it, one of the things you want to do is, is talk to yourself a little bit and realize the reason I want to help is for them and for me. And that's okay. That's okay because God works in a way where you're very fulfilled when you live in the context of how he created you. So he created you to, to help. He really did. And you're a great helper. You love to help people. You, you, you can live your whole life in guilt, so you better watch for that because people can throw you into guilt because of the fact that you love to help and they can make you feel guilty you didn't help kind of thing. So it, it, every strength that we have can become a weakness as well. So you want to watch that because when it becomes a weakness, then their adversity begins to destroy you as a human. Uh, So one of the great things you could do is admit and say, okay, I want to help this person. That's good. But I do want to help them because what I get out of it too, that's not evil, but that's not a great motivation. And, And so since this person isn't getting the help I think they need, I'm feeling bad about me. Well, you shouldn't feel bad about you for that, you know, although you will because of your personality. I mean, you'll think I, I should do more. Secondly, um, my observation as you were talking was God was the last option. I, I finally had to give it to God. I had to give it. It's like, you know what? I couldn't do anything else now. So I remember I walked, my mom had uh, several strokes and she was in a nursing home. And um, 
She said, I'm having a rough day or something. I forget what it was. Uh, but she was having a rough day, and I go, Mom, we need to pray about this. And, and my mom used to joke with me about a lot of things. But she looked at me and goes, oh, no, it's come to that. You know, you're actually praying for me now? It's like, oh, we must be this very last resort thing now. And I'm thinking, okay, Mom, I get your point. It, I'm, yes, I'm praying for you when you're not in this situation too. How, however, I was acting as if, oh, no, I've done everything I can as a son. There's nothing to do for me anymore. I, I guess my last resort is I have to go to God. And I thought, oh, no. That does say something about my mind frame. I put too much pressure on myself to solve the problem. And I can't solve the problem. I can't. I can come to you, Aiden, and ask you to do something in life. And you could say no and leave. Then I could go beat myself up because I can't help you. But I can't, can I? No, because you have to decide to do it. I can't decide for you. And if you decide no, then there's nothing in this world I could do to help you. I can pray for you, but that shouldn't be the last resort. Now, that should be what I think about first and say, God, what do you want me to do in this? Do you think that uh, God has a plan for people's lives? Yes. Okay, then you just got to act that way because now, now this person, right, whoever they are, they're, they're struggling. Uh, I'm just going to take you through a different scenario that might take place. And it, and it might have, actually, but the way we say things, it's like I had to finally give it to God. Well, I, you probably gave it to God in the first place, but yes. it, it, in the same respect, I just love playing with words. So that gave me an option to talk to people who are listening about make sure you get this thing right uh, in the order that you do it. But But one of the things you could do is you go up to somebody, obviously, and you see they're distraught, the first thing to do is say, you know, God, what, what roles do you want me to play in this? And, and what if God really doesn't want you to play a role in it? Uh, I don't think I should have saw it in the first place then. Yeah, because all you'll do is hinder him. Yeah, I think so. Do you think there's times where God puts people through things where uh, they, where he wants us to see that there are no solutions apart from him? Yes. So if they look to you to be the solution, and God wants to work on another issue. I don't, when I'm trying to be helpful and being, you know, useful, yes, I like the idea that, you know, I am, you know, being helpful and useful, but I try to turn it back to just being available for God. Like, I know that I enjoy, you know, helping, but I also know that God uses me to help people. And there's been situations where I've, I've you know, I've just felt that and that I was, you know, called to do that. So when I try to be helpful, like, I try to keep an open mind of, is this God's plan? And when I kind of hit that moment with this person where it, I felt like I had to step down because it wasn't part of it, nothing I was doing was really working. And it just, that kind of was a message to me that, Hey, you need to back away. This is not, not where I called you to be right now. Right. Good. And, and that's really, I think the sensitivity that we all need because God, you know, theologically, and I know 
that God is working on each of our lives to create in us the person we're supposed to be. Yeah. He knows exactly what he needs to do circumstance-wise and, and detail-wise. He knows the people that need to be in our life and outside of our life. And I need to be sensitive to the fact that God might use me to help somebody. But he might use me to help somebody by staying away from them. And I might be too much in their life so that they can't see God or they can't respond to God because I'm there. So it may be that I have to back off, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I mean, let's say I had a lot of money. Let's say I was a gazillionaire kind of guy. And, and I just kept handing you $10,000 a week. That's a lot. It is. And I just said, yeah, I don't miss it here, 10000 a week. Have I ever taught you then how to really make money, earn money? No. I could say, though, that, you know, I really want to help you. I really want to use my money for you. I, I really want to be kind to you. Am I being kind to you? No. See, that's hard to understand, I think, sometimes. It, it, it's like, boy, you have all this money, and you could give $10,000 a week to me and not miss a dime. So why wouldn't you? Because I would have to look at you and say, I don't think this is good for you. I think one of the best examples I know of why this is, it's not, is this, these parents said to their child in the beginning of high school, we will not p help you pay for any part of your college. They weren't trying to be rude. They weren't trying to be mean. They just wanted the kid to learn a lesson that if you want something, you need to fend for, you know, you need to get it yourself. You need to, you know, you need to make it happen. And that kid went to work during high school and made enough money so after high school could go straight into college right. and went and went debt free. I think the lesson we learn is way more important than the money we can receive. Right. You know, at my age, I know uh, guys my age that have resources because they spent their whole life working and they're they have resources in the bank, and uh, they they do think about what do I do with these when I die. What do I do with all this resource that I have? If I were to die and give it to my children, would that actually be helpful or not? Uh, several of, of them have determined it wouldn't be helpful. So I'm not leaving it to them. And you can imagine the fights and the quarrels and the things that might happen for that. But the bottom line is they, if there are fights and quarrels, that's proving that they shouldn't have left it to them in the first place. You know, sometimes the, the niceness that we have, if you want to call it that, it doesn't help somebody else. It hurts them. So we have to have the wisdom of God to be able to say, no, I'm going to let you sort this one out without me. And for someone with Aiden's personality, that is a tough moment. Yeah. It is. I mean, it is. And, and I'm not saying that that's going to ever be easy for you. And actually, I like your personality. I like the fact that you like helping people. Those are all good things. But, but it's kind of like um, when I used to play football, they used to have a play. Um, when I was a, um, a de an offensive player, uh, guarding the quarterback, and the defensive lineman would come in, and we'd have a play that was basically take him where he goes. In other words, if he's running left, just keep pushing him left. If he's running right, just keep pushing him right. And, and they would hand the ball off to the fullback way in the, deep in the backfield. And he would wait for us to just move these people wherever they're going. And then he'd look for the hole and run. You know, I mean, it was one of those things. It's like, 
no real plan there. The way we're going to work it is these guys are really aggressive, and it worked really well if the other team was aggressive. So they're coming in, you know, like gangbusters. They're just coming in. They're crazy. And we finally say, okay, let's, let's just let you go where you go. Then they open these huge holes because of it. And then our running back just takes advantage of them. So they have to learn. So I actually took advantage of them and helped them go where they were going. And in the process, we win. And I think Satan does that to us too. I think he sees a great personality. He sees somebody who wants to help people, which is really a very Christian kind of thing. And he goes, good, I'll push you so far that way that you won't ever be satisfied in life and you won't ever be happy. And you're going to be so limited in life because you aren't going to be able to help people like you like, so you're going to get depressed over it. You're going to get angry over it. And it's going to destroy your life because you don't understand that this thing that you have to help needs to be tempered by the Holy Spirit. And likewise, anybody, people with money, people with a sports town, whatever, I, it doesn't matter. I'm just using your personality because you're sitting here. So it's one of those things. It's kind of fun to, to look at and to think about. So I encourage you to keep developing this, this mercy, this desire to help in your life. I think that's excellent. And I think there are times where you can't overhelp. You, you find an elderly couple who can't rake their yard. You're not enabling them by raking their yard. They can't rake their yard anymore. You're helping them. See, that's a different help right there. Where if you go over to somebody who's 25 years old in great shape and they're just neglecting their yard, I say don't rake it. Because I don't think you're helping them at that point. And so you always have to evaluate that. You know, is this really helping or hurting? Is this something that I'm supposed to do or not do? And I don't think the answer is always really clear. I tell you, the best thing that could happen, though, is if you were struggling and I saw you weren't listening to me anyway, I would come and say, you know, Aiden, just know I care about you, and I'd walk away. And what that does is it tells you. Somebody cares about me. That's the most important thing in life. I think that's cool. And I've done all I can to help you at that point. You know, And if you want me later to help you, then you'll seek me out. I, you know, Likewise, when you look at God, the Bible tells us if we seek him, we find him. Because I'm waiting for God to seek me. It's like, well, you seek him. Because God knows that if you're going to run from him, he's not going to, why would he go after you? He knows what you're going to do. But if you seek him, he'll turn to you and help you. So if, if you wanted advice from me, all you got to do is ask it. But if, you, if I come and I see you in trouble as a young man, I've learned I don't really offer you that much advice unless you ask for it. If you ask for it, I'll give it to you. But if you don't, I realize you can very easily look at me and say, oh, people are supposed to think that way and shrug it off like generational problems. Or you can actually want to know the, what I have to say. And that's really up to you personally, not to me. And, and so I have to be careful. You have to be careful, you know, helping anybody because uh, of, of their willingness. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, yeah, that's the best I can do here with my brain. So yeah, other things on your mind? Um, this is probably going to be a shorter topic, but when it comes to, like, when people die, I'm wondering why, A, 
first of all, there's discussion about cremation or burial that like, I don't, I don't, there's a big contrary topic about it and I don't understand why you're dead. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing about it that makes me kind of sad thinking about it is, um, is how come, why don't just like more people or believers or just people in general, you know, caring for their fellow man do, uh, an organ donor when they pass. Right. You don't need those organs anymore. And right. one of the most abundant things on the earth is people. Yeah. One of the most expensive things on the earth is people's organs. Right. And people die almost every second, but we're still short thousands of organs. Yeah. It's sad in my opinion. Like, I'm an organ donor. Like, I got that on my card. And it's kind of sad, in my opinion, that more people aren't. Like, yeah. you're dead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Why can't other people that still have a fighting chance use something that you don't need anymore? Right. You know, I agree with you. I, I don't know why people wouldn't be an organ donor. I'm getting my wallet out right now because I, I think I checked organ donor. I, I don't even know how I know anymore. Yeah, I got donor on there. So I agree 100% with you. Um, now, of course, people with my conditions and that kind of thing, will they ever want any of my organs? Yeah. I don't, they don't want my blood, so I'm not sure if they want my organs. They'll take your organs. Yeah, but the bottom line really is, you know, I think, once again, you're, you're living in the scope of your personality. You want to help people. You even want to help people in your death. Okay, so, and again, I appreciate that. That's a, that's a sensitive spirit that is of God, and, and I think that you should be enjoying the fact that you're a sensitive individual. Once again, you go overboard with that, it's going to get you in trouble. You know, it's going to get you in trouble with, with people who don't want your help. It's going to get you in trouble with all kinds of things. But the idea that you care is a good thing. And I think you need to go to God and just thank him that, you know, you have ideas that can help people uh, in their lives help other people. Now, this could get into an area someday where you choose your vocation because, it, you know, let's say... You should be a voice for organ donors because of, of your personality and because of your desire to see that done. I, if, if you were to ask me a list of 500 questions that Aiden might ask you, I would have never gone to organ donor in my life. Okay, so that's a surprise to me. However, it's not in the context of who you are. So that's cool too. And, and so I'm thinking, you know what? You, have, uh, you made me get my wallet out just because you said it, to make sure I was an organ donor. And if not, I would have gone home tonight and, and corrected somehow uh, that. And see, what you did then is you actually affected somebody else who hadn't thought about it very much. Because if I think about it for a second, I go, you're right. Why don't I do that? It's not even a moralistic thing to me or anything else. It's like, okay, it made sense. You know, I'm dead. Anyone want these organs, please take them. And I, what does it matter? So um, I think you should look for ways in life to be able to do that. Don't start campaigns and be obnoxious, but be able to say things and back off. Um, if somebody actually, God wants to use that, then like me, I pulled out my wallet. I was thinking right away, I'll go make sure I do that. I have no reason not to. Um, you know, I don't know that there's any theological reason. Have you heard anybody talk about why they wouldn't because of something in the Bible or anything? 
No, I haven't heard anything like that. Yeah, I haven't either. I, I'm thinking is there some weird thought process out there that says, you know, you you shouldn't cut your body up or something. I, I have no idea. And maybe that goes with cremation, the, the, you know, that kind of thing. Where I, I personally think it doesn't matter what you do, nothing limits God doing what he's going to do in the end. And for those people like Caesar of Augustus, he's already rotted. He's gone. His body's not there. So it's not, if God wants to recreate the body from wherever he is, you know, his body's not there anyway. And the idea of cremation or the idea of burial, I I don't think the Bible clearly teaches anything. I think that there are traditions and people who want to make the Bible, you know, teach more explicitly on those things. And I could probably get emails or something saying, how about this verse or that verse? It's like, you know, I really don't think that it's clearly taught in the Bible. So I think you need to do uh, what you and your family are very comfortable doing and know that whatever choice you make, you know, to be absent from the body, if you're believers, to be present with the Lord, you're not dealing with that old body anymore. And God is perfectly capable of doing whatever he wants to with whatever DNA is laying around in the dirt. I mean, he can do that. And uh, sometimes we put more into these human bodies than God ever would. You know, you were in theology class, so man was made from what? Dirt. Yeah, it was actually clay, dirt, and and when we die, it's uh, very interesting, we go back to it. So really, the only reason I'm alive today is because God breathed into me life. And in some weird, weird way, I'm just living, breathing dirt. And when I quit living in this dirt, it falls to the ground and it goes back to what it was because it was lifeless at that point. So does it matter if we cremate the bodies or not? I don't think so. Because I think we just accelerate it going to dirt at that point. And once it's dirt, it's dirt. But I'm not there anyway. I'm not going to feel a thing. Um, I know that uh, before my uh, father-in-law died, and, and he was young enough to talk with us about it. He came in and talked to us about his preferences and wanted to know how we felt about it. And I think that was a pretty wise approach. So find out what your family really thinks about it. Because when I die, I'm not going to be there to help those grieving. I'm not going to help them think through it at that point. It doesn't really matter what I think. So what I want to do is figure out the people who love me, what do they think? If, if my kids came to me and said, Dad, I really don't want you cremated. I don't even care why they don't want me cremated. I would say, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be here. Tell the funeral director not to cremate me because that's going to be your decision, not mine. And if you want to know my thoughts, my thoughts are that I love my family and I will do what you guys would be okay with. Well, Aiden and I have come to an end of this particular podcast, so we're thankful that you took some time to listen to us today. I also invite you to check out the Nicolay Bible Institute website. And if you're looking for a one-year college experience to learn about who God is and learn to serve God, we encourage you to check it out and join us for a year here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. We're coming to you from the studios of Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And uh, Aiden, 
has been our guest, and he's been working all summer with the maintenance crew and with the young people that have been a part of this ministry. And we look forward to talking to him again in another segment. We hope to see you there, too. Goodbye for now.